Hello and good evening, everyone. This is Kevin Finkel. Welcome to the 18th episode of Magic the Final Frontier. As always, we'll be discussing the Frontier format to keep our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. Hey, everyone. I'm Kevin Handlin. I host the Untap Open League, and I grind a lot of Frontier. I'm Taylor Holbrook. I run the MTG Final Frontier YouTube page by being content creator and editor. And I want to thank our very own, not thank, I want to congratulate Kevin Handlin on his cockatrice top uh, victory, not even a top eight. He won. Well, dang. <laughs> I sure Congratulations, did. Kevin. Yeah, it feels really good. It, it was, you know, it was against our wonderful Clayton Cardinal, and he's an awesome player, and I always have such a blast playing against him. The games are always super grindy, and yeah, it definitely held up to that in the finals. So, was happy to play him. Nice to hear it. So yeah, we've uh, we've traded out one of our spikes for another this week. We've got uh, Matt sitting out, and we've got Taylor filling in, which is always wonderful. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, so it seems that our color series has been pretty popular so far. We've heard some good comments coming back on it, so we're going to keep going with that for now. Uh, as other things come in, we'll, we'll take some episodes off and jump back into this when it feels fit. But for now, we're going to talk about the color black, continuing in our Wooberg order. I'm excited for this one. I know that I'm more so known for the things that I do in, like, white and green, <laughs> but... Black has always just been such a satisfying color to play in Frontier, and um, I'm stoked to get into this one. Definitely, and I think there was some discussion we kind of tabled last week because we were starting to talk about black. Now we can jump right back into it while it's fresh in our minds. Yeah, most definitely. Well, all of us exempting Taylor. So, yeah, actually, that's the last thing. Before we jump into this, Taylor, I don't know if you've listened to our last couple episodes. I hope you have. I just wanted to see if there was anything while you were out that you wanted to comment on. Anything on our discussion of Rivals of Ixalan or our discussion on Blue that you're like, you know, they really missed this. I want to bring it up while I got them here. Uh, No, I think you guys covered everything that I wanted to get covered. All right, so as usual, we're going to be talking about the color and what its strengths and weaknesses are. We're going to be talking about some key cards, some sideboard cards that they have, and what we like to see out of the color in the future. Some things that we think it's missing right now, and some places where it has weaknesses that we'd like to improve, anything like that. So where we've kind of been starting off, for white, we went through a curve of creatures because we saw creatures as a big advantage of theirs. But we just like to kind of throw out some strengths and as we go along, we'll talk about the key cards, the weaknesses. We, we keep it kind of uh, freeform unless if we need to jump back into something. So, guys, you want to start me off with what a real strength of black is in Frontier? I'm going to let you go, Taylor. I think it probably has the best spells right now, aside from blues, draw spells, and counter spells. But its removal is on point. It has Fatal Push, which is the most played card in the format. Frasca's Contempt, which I think made blue-black control an entire archetype. And then yeah. you have... Uh, languish which is the only four mana board wipe that's really playable i mean there's also settle but i, I just think but languish little... is so good uh, i don't know sets the bar. <laughs> and then i think black <laughs> also has the best sideboard cards i think that's another good strength of it uh, you can really kind of tune your deck with black as where all the other colors i feel like you just kind of have catch-all cards if that makes sense hmm I think that's a good way to put it. I think that black has some of the best silver bullets, but I do think that mm. I might argue that white has stronger overall sideboard cards. I think that black has better sideboard cards on the play and blue has better reactive sideboard cards. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in a bit, I'm sure. We'll, we'll talk about how I feel about certain things. All right. Um, so, yeah. 
Fatal Push being the most popular card in the format really does speak to how powerful black is and what it represents to the game that we play in this meta. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think that at least speaking for the Untap League, like right now we're seeing at the start of every tournament like sixty something percent of decks running Fatal Push. It it just does so much work. It's such a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. all the online meta games you're running at about sixty percent of decks have fatal push. I know that's a little different. different in paper. Yeah. Yeah, the the reality is that our metagame, well, our format has gotten a lot quicker than it used to be. And so because of that, a lot of the creatures exempting maybe one or two, it's really hard to exempting Scarab God and Torrential Gear Hulk, you can pretty much mm-hmm. kill anything with a fatal push. So now, the flip side of that is that creatures that are big enough to not die to Fatal Push can be very strong. When you get something like an Ishkana or a Tassiger that can still be played at a reasonable curve, those can actually be very strong because there's a lot of decks depending on just Fatal Push to be able to kill creatures. Sure, yeah. I mean, if you're running like a weird mid-range deck or whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, and that's really just mid-range isn't great right now, which means that there's not a lot of people playing those four and five drops or five and six drops, really, which means that Fatal Push looks great. I don't know if I agree about mid-range not being great right now. <laughs> um, I think mid, mid-range is at its all-time best. but um, I think it's coming back a little bit. I, I think that it has had a tough time in Frontier traditionally. I think also, as we've discussed on the Discord, we all kind of have different ideas of mid-range, and I think yeah. Kevin Handler and I are more on the same page of what we consider mid-range. And why we consider it to be really good right now. But if you're considering things like the traditional absent aggro deck or the Bant Humans deck as mid range, then I'd say those are, are good right now. I don't know if I would go that far as to consider those mid range. And then there's even Jund, which is up for debate. A lot of people think that Jund Delirium is more controlled than mid range, which I think is fair. Or even combo, I've heard it considered because Emerald Curl is kind of a you win the game combo. Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of the time, a combo deck is going to be falling back on a mid-range plan in order to win the game, especially in the post-board games where the opponent is often going to be bringing in, you know, some hate for the combo. So, All right, so one thing we were saying there is that removal is something very strong in black. Let's kind of <laughs> circle back to that and talk some actual cards. Let's say we've got someone listening that's not as familiar with Frontier, has maybe played some standard in the last years. What are all of these black removal cards that are just so good in black right now? Okay, well, we all already spoke volumes about Fatal Push. Mm-hmm. Um, for those unfamiliar, Fatal Push says, um, so destroy target creature if it has converted mana cost two or less, and it has revolt if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn. Um, instead, you destroy that creature if its converted mana cost is four or less. Okay, so, so that's kind of our big one mana removal spell, which is great to have, and it's really the only color that has that. Um, do you think any of the other one mana removal spells in black are worthwhile? Um, well, there's Lightning Bolt. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, there's um. Oh, what is the enchant? There's Dead Weight, which is the enchantment minus two minus two. There's Ulcerate, which doesn't see any play whatsoever. Technically, Sinister Concoction, which I've seen fringe play recently but i don't think that card's good enough personally and we could uh we could maybe count murderous cut yeah i think murderous cut you should definitely count as a one drop removal <laughs> spell yeah, uh, at the point is. in the game where you're going to be playing murderous cut it's a one drop so oh, yeah and yeah, that card's yeah. great 
All right, so it's uh, really good. With, with white, we went with creatures in a curve. Let's go with blacks removal in a curve. What do they have at two? Uh, so grasp of darkness is the one that always comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of got the downside of being too black. It's the instant that does minus four, minus four to a creature. There. What are some other options that black has at two, though? They technically have, have ultimate price, but I think the current mm-hmm. meta is not very good for ultimate price. There's a lot of uh, yeah. That was that was sort of the one I was thinking. Um, doesn't hit Reflector Mage, doesn't hit uh, Renegade mm-hmm. Rallyer, Rhino, and Offensive. Doesn't hit Copter, I think, is a big weakness. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> um, what about, has anyone tried that new minus two, minus two, you gain two life spell? Moment of Craving? Yeah, yeah. I played it in Limited, but not in Frontier yet. Uh, so when I look at, <laughs> it doesn't even go parody with Copter. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the mark for removal spell in this format. If you can't kill a copter, then you probably shouldn't be playing it. It's why we yeah. actually said that White's removal suite was not that great, was because it has, in terms of like monokeller White, it has no way to hit a copter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before before converted mana cost three, I should say. Yeah. So how about at three for black? There you get a few more options, I think, but not all of them are great. Well, there's Ruinous Path and Never to Return, which both hit Emrakul, so that's kind of mm-hmm. nice, but being sorcery speed is pretty bad. And then also, occasionally, we'll see Essence Extraction, which I also am not a huge fan of. I'm definitely yeah. not a big fan of it. Um, it's also a sorcery, right? No, Essence Extraction is an instant. It's the three damage, oh. you gain three life. Okay. What do you guys think about counting Liliana as a removal spell? <laughs> well, let's talk about Liliana. So Liliana, the last hope, probably one of the best planeswalkers in Frontier. I would I would at least put her in the top three. Yeah, she's one or two for me. I don't know where I'd put mm-hmm. Gideon and where I'd put Liliana, but they're neck and neck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly. So that's a huge benefit to Black in general, is that they've got Liliana. She's huge. She's good in Mid-range decks, she's good in control decks. She's good in the combo decks, if you're counting Jund. I, I don't even mind her in slightly more aggressive decks. I'm currently playing her in what I consider to be Abzan Aggro. Yeah, she's a standalone win condition. Like, mm-hmm. if she goes unchecked, she will literally run away with the game. Like, her ultimate is a game editor. And, like, also, she's an engine in her own right. Like... She puts cards in your graveyard and takes creatures out. And if you're a graveyard deck, you've got that locked and loaded. And so, man, just like, uh, I've played this card a lot. And, like, all I can say is that, like, it always feels good to play Liliana. I think she's kind of warped the meta in a way that people also don't notice. And the fact that no one toughness creatures can really be played right now because of Liliana. Right. It's not that they can't be played. It's just they have to be able to handle her. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I think it's dangerous to be playing some things like Toolcraft Exemplar, which are otherwise excellent, excellent cards. Oh, yeah. Well said. Most definitely. But I don't think that it makes Glorybound Initiate unplayable, for example. Agreed, yeah. I'm also fine room for Glorybound Initiate and Dex. So, we there are a few other three mana removal spells. I don't know if any of them are worth mentioning. We see maybe the occasional To the Slaughter, which is able to hit Planeswalkers out of the Jundalirium deck. You see some 
let me think what else. There's a, you know, there's a, there's kind of a suite of bad sacrifice effects. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, Finkel, I mean, it feels like you're really reaching here, man. <laughs> I mean, when's the last time you saw a, um, oh, what is that card? The, uh, the dragon sacrifice one that gains you for life. Oh, um, oh, foul tongue invocation. Yeah, I'm off my game today. Normally, foul I'm foul tongue can... invocation. There it is. Yeah. Yep. Um, the last time I saw it was about seven months ago when <laughs> Rasmus was still playing Esper Dragons. So yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and even in that deck, it was it was not great. <laughs> it was shaky at best. All right, but if we're going to four, we've got even though it's so much more expensive at four of Rascal's Contempt is just such a great catch-all answer. We've talked about how it really helped put blue-black on the map, whereas mm-hmm. previously that deck, if somebody played a Gideon, you kind of just lose. You were done, yeah. <laughs> and you at four, out. you also oh, have... play Gideon. And at four, you also have Language, which you started to mention black is one of the two best colors in Sweepers. Yeah. One of the three, but yeah, Language is definitely the hallmark board wipe of our format. Like, mm-hmm. when when someone says, like, this is a sweeper, this is a board wipe, like, Languish is the best one we've got. That's part of then why... You think it's, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Do you think it's a weakness of black that they don't really have a, a true catch-all? They don't have a damnation that can just kill anything? Well, they have Crux of Fate, which I know people like um, Matt McTavish like a lot as a one-of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that there's some Grixis decks in the Cockatrice League also playing a one-of, I think. But, okay, I mean, that card's not great. I've never loved the fact that it doesn't kill Emrakul. If they take control of their turn, they can just have it kill only dragons. Look at it this way. If the status quo was that the de facto, like, the de facto board wipe for black was Damnation instead of Languish, mm-hmm. Avacyn would be playable. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably true you'd have, like, a flash speed answer to it. So I look at Languish being, like, the best uh, blackboard wipe as, like, a boon to, like, this makes it so that, like, black is a very specific color with very specific things that demand that you play around them a specific way in Mm -hmm. Frontier. And really in the format, the only things that I think Languish won't hit are Siege Rhino and Gideon. But for the most part, I can't really think of anything that it misses that's like on that same converted mana cost or lower. Hmm. You'll get some giant snakes sometimes. That's the one big thing I can think of. Um, yeah. It doesn't but, get the titans out of uh, out of a Marvel deck. Yeah. Yeah, but you're not trying to hit those with a languish anyway. Yeah, those no, are matchups where you're like getting rid of languish. Anything where you keep in languish, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Except for, like you said, and, constrictor decks where sometimes it can be iffy if they have a really fast start. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, oh, oh, I think... Just, I, I did think of one more uh, removal spell that we didn't talk about while we were here, and that's uh, a nice little one at two mana, which is Walk the Plank. Not so, seeing a lot of play, but I, I think it's something we should always discuss because it's kind of forgotten about. It's a sorcery. It is a sorcery. It doesn't hit copter, which we've already said is kind of a rule here. It doesn't yeah, hit copter. I think if, it, if that were an instant, it would be an auto-include in almost every deck that can cast black-black. But the fact that it's a sorcery is always going to keep me away from playing a card like that. Okay. If if I really wanted an answer to Emrakul, I would run this over like Never to Return or 
Um, maybe not never to return, but definitely over Runa's Path. I have, in fact, made that play. It is a great flavor win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, walking the plank with Emrakul? Yes. <laughs> Throw that octopus back in the ocean. <laughs> that flying space god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. All right, do you guys um, have anything else you really want to call out as a big strength of black? I mean, we've talked about their spells, their removal... Do you want to move on to some weaknesses or some more things that I'm missing here? Uh, oh, we are. We definitely still have. Okay. So okay, the answer is yes, <laughs> because I have other stuff I want to talk about that it's great at. Well, feel free. Move on. Okay. So I think there are specifically two four mana creatures in black being Kalidas and Gaunti, which are really, really good, especially Ooh, when man, they're with Gaunti. other black cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing a rise in Gaunti recently as well. It seems like people are finally picking up on that card in uh, Frontier. Yeah, I think Frontier might actually be its home because Frontier is like a place where you can play four drops and not be punished by the fact that they're a 2-3 death touch. So, Not be punished too bad. At the very least, Gaunti replaces himself if you just reflect your mage him right away or fatal push him right away. Right, like the the I guess the standard of comparison that I'm making is like in in modern right now, like the um, the four drop that you want to be playing is like Jace the Mind Sculptor, which just got unbanned, <laughs> or Bloodbraid Elf, or Bloodbraid Elf, which just got unbanned. Um, <laughs> but like uh, the in standard which you can play four drops in Glorybringer is one of the most popular cards. It's, it's like one of the top three cards in every tournament. Mm-hmm. So like it, it Gonti just takes a flame slash from Glorybringer whenever it's out on the battlefield. So yeah, that tends to be true. Yeah. That makes a lot of yeah. sense. So I guess, can we talk about a couple other four drop black creatures? Because one that we really haven't seen much play is the, um, Chupacabra. Yeah. I think that's just, that's a a lack of exposure thing. Like, how long did we have to test rivals before we got Mm -hmm. started with it? So that that was really my question, is do you think it's just people haven't looked at that card yet, or do you think Kalidas and Gonti and other optional four drops are just so much better that we want to go with them instead? So, like... (laughs) Here's here was my thing was like testing with rivals and you can talk about it as well, Taylor, because I'm mm-hmm. sure you had a, an experience with it as well. But there were certain I, I had to I felt like I had to make snap judgments. And so like it was just like what's feeling great, what's feeling good and what's feeling playable. Um, like the things that really stuck out to me right away were like War Kite Marauder was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayward Swordtooth felt like an incredibly powerful card that just wanted the right metagame to be a part of. Okay. And Ravenous Chupacabra felt like something that I wanted to be playing two months ago when I was <laughs> testing Jun Delirium. So, okay. That yeah. sounds good. Yeah, Chupacabra is one of maybe three cards I was able to test because I thought it was so obviously powerful at first. And I tried it in Delirium, which I think most people would immediately try it in, as it's like pretty much the only deck where that fits, in my opinion. But overall, I just kind of wanted it to be another card, whether that was like Kalidus or Chandra if I was playing Red, because I was trying it in a Sultai deck. Um, but even Gaunti and Kalidus, I think, just overpower it. If you're playing Sultai, you can even play Hostage Taker, which might be mm-hmm. better. It's hard to say. 
but I personally wasn't very impressed with the card. Yeah, I think it's something that Standard needs right now, because, like, right now, Standard's, like, all about the late game, you know? Like, the, the powerful the powerful deck that everyone wants to beat is, like, and, and you can say that I'm wrong about this at any point, Taylor, because I know you play more Standard than I am, but, like, my impression is that the deck to beat is Grixis Energy. So, like... If you can't beat a Scarab God or a Glorybringer, then, like, what are you doing? And, like, Chupacabra doesn't handle one of those, so... So I've actually not played Standard at all since Rivals came out, so you're the expert now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're the expert right now. I have not had a chance to come with Standard either. I've been on Modern and Frontier only. I've been Limited and Frontier. Dude, I love Limited. We gotta talk about Limited right now, Finkel. Uh, maybe not right now, but we'll, we'll no, definitely I mean, not right now, but we got to we got to talk about limited more because I didn't know that you played that at all. OK, so, well, I got to bring up a yeah. little bit of jank first um, with one more four drop that I still haven't seen get any play. But how does a control back deck beat Erebos's Titan right now? Um, um. I let me go to <laughs> badblackcard.com. <laughs> All right, we we can move on. <laughs> Wait, no, I gotta I gotta read this card, Finkel. You gotta give me a second. All right, it says, uh, as long as your opponents control no creatures, it has indestructible. Yes, right. <laughs> yes, and if they exile a card from their graveyard, you can bring it back to your hand by discarding a card. Okay. So whenever they delve, you just bring it back, and it's a five five for four. But it's just uh, not as good as those other four drops, so let, let's move on. I, I just I, I, gotta, I gotta call out the one fun card here. Because <laughs> I keep the trying to find The one and only fun it. card. Uh, we missed some uh, some creatures at the other points in Black's Curve, most notably one that Loop has played a lot, which is uh, Scrap Heap Scounder. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys want to count that as black or colorless, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I thought technically... I was going to be cheating. I had him on my top five cards even for the uh, for black. yeah. I think that card's great. Um, arguably the best two-drop in the format, in my opinion. Well, Copter's <laughs> number one, but... Wow. <laughs> the fact that it's just... It can grind against control, and that it can kind of race the other decks, I think is really powerful. Okay. That is a major claim. Yeah. It, <laughs> but, is, uh, uh, it is hard to find a good three-power creature for two mana in Frontier. I've true. played it in every deck that I've signed up for, I think, for the past three or four months. Hmm. Uh, so would you say it's a pet card of yours? Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a pet card. I just, whenever I'm building a deck, I just think it kind of fills a hole that I often have. So let's talk about this as one of Black's strengths here, and that is using the graveyard as a resource. Probably that was actually something other... that I was going to talk about, is the graveyard recursion is one of Black's strengths. So yeah. So there's this, there's Liliana, there's... Um, Big Liliana. There's Big Liliana, there's Tassiger... There's a lot of ways to do things with your graveyard, bring things back. It's really strong in that. I do want to bring one caveat that I think is a weakness in black right now, is that on its own, black has a difficult time filling their graveyard. Oh, yeah, most definitely, and that's eternally as well. Like, black often struggles to fill its graveyard unless... I mean, even in modern, like, you play Faithless Looting in order to put mm. your your dredge creature in the graveyard, you know? And here you'll play Seder Wife Under, you'll play something that's not black in order to get the card. Search for Iscanta, Jace, like, mm -hmm. the other colors are really good at dumping. I know of one black spell that's good at filling your graveyard that we also happen to miss as a removal spell, and that's uh, Collective Brutality. Hmm. Yeah. Um, why do you think that we don't see much Collective Brutality play in Frontier? Copter, mostly. 
I think it was Copter. I think it was also when Marvel and Sahili were two very popular decks. The card fell out of use quite a bit. It was played a lot before that because it's so good against Atarka, but you can't hit Aetherworks Marvel with it. You can't hit Sahili with it. Kind of makes it not that very good against those decks. Yeah. Um, it's a good um, catch-all card, just being able to be a discard or a gain life or a removal spell. And then also, if you're playing any black deck that has to like fill up the graveyard, I think you do want to play that in your main deck, okay. just so you can empty your hand. Definitely played it as a one-of in Jund Delirium, and every time I played <laughs> it, it was like, oh, this is powerful. Oh, this is great. I love this. Yeah. Because like we talked about like the one-toughness problem. The two-toughness problem is also a real thing, where it's like... You know, this kills everything in its arc, right? It kills a lot of things other than, like, Reflector Mage, the turn mm-hmm. that they're played in humans. Like, it's it's impressive in that regard. Well, you know, if we're talking about filling the graveyard, I've also got a nice black four drop for that. But I, I think instead I'm going to talk about what you just started to touch on there as another strength <laughs> and maybe another weakness of black, which is discard spells. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the strength there being, they're really the only color with discard spells. They've got Collective Brutality, they've got Duress, they've got Transgress the Mind, and then it starts to get really shaky. There's even, stuff like- even like with these cards, like mm-hmm. those those three cards that you listed by themselves, I don't know if I would call them great. And I actually w- was excited to get to this point because I wanted to talk to you guys about the trend that I'm starting to see where people are main decking Duress. And I want to know what your guys' opinions are on that. So I am one of the people that was main decking Duress. I do think it's doable. I don't think it's great. And what's weird is I actually don't think it's bad against something like a Tarka. I think it's quite good, even main deck against something like a Tarka. Strangely, where I don't think it's great is against the slower de- some of the slower decks in the format. I felt like there were a lot of times where I would have a Duress and I would see, oh, my opponent's got, they've got, um... Torrential Gear Hulk in hand, or even they've got Dig and Torrential Gear Hulk in hand, and that's just not really great. Right, um, because you're just putting in the bank for later. Mm-hmm. And against yeah. things like Marvel or Sahili combo, you're not answering if they draw it off the top of the deck and win right away. If they've got Sahili in play, it doesn't answer the Felidar Guardian. So sometimes when I had Duress, it just didn't feel like it was hitting the right cards. Yeah, that's kind of the problem I have with Duress on the whole in the format. Um, it it kind of fills a weird role where you want to put it in against decks where you're not playing removal spells Mm -hmm. and you just can't play zero main deck removal spells in this format unless you're playing (laughs) like a linear aggro deck. Yeah, very true. And even then, I think they do. But I was going to say, like, the linear aggro deck that comes to mind for me is Woomans, and it runs four main deck removal spells. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it has other interaction, which you you kind of have to do. So, yeah, I definitely agree with you. It it doesn't beat the top of the opponent's deck, and it's not the greatest. So, really, where I'd maybe want it is against some mid range options, or I would want it to beat something like if you're just a deck that's playing a bunch of one drops, two drops, and you want to get rid of that one sweeper card that kills you. That's where it's good, but it doesn't really beat the control or the combo decks. It doesn't beat the Traverse for Emrakul off the top of their deck. Yeah. I think pretty much the only decks I'd want Duress in are the more mid-rangey style black decks. Mm -hmm. So like Abzan. Abzan, Eldrazi. Yeah, Mono Black Eldrazi. Actually, that's a great deck to talk about on this episode. Yeah, we can touch on that a little bit. It's been doing quite well with uh, 
the opponent of Kevin yeah. in this Clayton Cardinal Trace League was yeah. uh, Clayton. Yep, we we've certainly talked about him before. He was also playing one creature that I think we miss, being gifted Aetherborn, which that uh, card's great against oh, yeah. mid-range decks and the aggro decks. Obviously, better against aggro, but the fact that a two-drop can trade with a Rhino or their Anafenza, stuff like that, I think it's it, still it trades up very well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Not not so much with a Warkite Marauder, but uh, you know, <laughs> it races a Warkite Marauder pretty well, though. It, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the Black Eldrazi deck. Where is I would playing, have brought up oh, the yes. Black Eldrazi deck is playing all the cards we listed pretty much. I think the only one oh. that's not playing is Scrap Heap Scrounger. It's even got Languish in the sideboard, but yeah, I don't think it plays Scrap Heap Scrounger. I wonder if Clayton's tested that. Yeah, so it's a. Uh... I think with his mid-range version, it might not make sense. It really is a, a black... It's basically a mono-black control deck, but with its finishers, instead of being something like Scarab God and Blue-Black, he's got um, Reality Smasher and Thought Seer. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw this, and it's probably not the right time to talk about it in depth, but he recently started playing Red, which I think is pretty interesting as well for Colgon's command. Oh, I did hmm. not see that. He and That is something I would have suggested. That's good. I've asked him about that like multiple times because, you know, like we we all played in the Cockatrice League and like you end up playing everyone in the league at least once or twice. And I got I got paired up with Clayton the most out of any other person. I think it was like four or five times. Um, and uh, we, uh, we, it always like, it came up during the wrap up where it, it was like, do you think about running a second color ever, or technically a third color since colorless matters in Eldrazi? Um, and, and the one he always thought that, that always came up because he runs his, um, Bloodstained Myers is Coligan's command because he could pretty easily get a, a red source off of that. Yeah, that would be quite easy to. All right, we're getting a little bit off topic here. Why don't we go back to... Do you guys have more to talk about with discard spells? Uh, well, there's Transgress the mm-hmm. Mind, which I think is great, actually, against certain decks. You're able to take Emrakul. You're able to take Aetherworks Marvel, Ulamog, uh, Ugin, Scarab God, Day Through Time. I mean, there's, like, so many cards you can take with it. Languish. It does really appeal to, like taking the the recursive threats that you would see right mm-hmm. like the the dig through time with the threat of it being recurred by gear hulk is like a really obvious target yeah absolutely although i think that when we're talking about transgress the mind that's where i get to saying that it's a bit of a weakness in black in frontier specifically in that i don't want transgress the mind in my main deck most of the time I, I definitely think, not yeah, i don't I think anything other than some real exception but you just don't really want it there. And right now there isn't a black discard spell that I'd feel comfortable main decking. And there isn't really one that I feel good running at all in control decks, which I think is very different. Yeah. I think that's pr- probably the biggest weakness of control. If it had something like Thoughtseize, for example, it might push it mm-hmm. like, way over the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like Thoughtseize Inquisition would obviously be great in any black deck, but in control specifically, it would actually be able to play it. Whereas right now they don't really have a spot for any kind of discard. Mm-hmm. But I think it's all the discard spells that are really played in, in Frontier. Uh, Stain the Mind sees some play in Yeah, so as we move into sideboard cards, I think that we can talk about the ones that are remove a card from the game. So there's the Lost Legacy, there's Infinite Obliteration, we see a little bit of Dispossess, maybe. Um, I've seen people go for something like Stain the Mind instead of one of those cards. 
What do you guys think about those? I mean, those those are obviously just sideboard cards, but those are, to me, a big advantage of playing black. They let you answer some things permanently that are otherwise big problems in Frontier. I have definitely won a game because I was able to play one of those. And I've also <laughs> won a game because someone wasted their turn three playing one of those. So, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's, it's one that people bring in against combo a lot. So, mm-hmm. like... It, it, it's pretty easy to just side it in, name Felidar Guardian, and oh, we'll, we'll check it out. I, I, I gotcha. Like I, <laughs> I got your ring condition, and it's like, well, like any combo player is totally prepared against a black deck to like see that kind of surgical extraction style card um, mm-hmm. coming, right? Like it's it's pretty obvious that you're gonna board it in. So it's like, of course I spread out my wing conditions and have something to win with other than Felidar Guardian now. So um, it, it, it's like, it, it can be great against players who aren't prepared for it or players who didn't draw into things that handled it well. Okay. I agree with that. We talked about how there's a bunch of choices between which one of those you want to play. And I think it's pretty meta-dependent on which one of those you want to play. So right now, there's not a lot of Planeswalkers. So something like Lost Legacy, for example, I don't think is at its best. As where Blue-Black is a very popular deck right now. So if you take in um, Infinite Obliteration, for example, you get to take their Torrential Gear Hulk, which I think is much better than taking something like Chandra or maybe even Liliana. Yeah, so Lost Legacy isn't able to hit Gear Hulk because it counts as an artifact. And that one says non-artifact creatures. Right. Or non-artifact cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can mm-hmm. go non-artifact, non-land card, which mm-hmm. right. it's a bonus, but they also get to draw a card if they have it in their hand, as where Infinite Obliteration, if they have like two Gear Hulks in their hand and you name Gear Hulk, you yeah, essentially need them discard too. So that's why Infinite yeah, Obliteration is my card of choice in that slot. I usually go for a Blit as well, just because it's uh, it, it's more of a catch-all. It hits more cards that I want to hit. You can't bring Infinite Obliteration in against Marvel either because, like, the deck that you want to hit, or the card that you want to hit in that deck is a four-mana artifact. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, so but if the deck do was doing really well, we could do Dispossess there, but that's just not... There's better options for Marvel. I do think those two cards, specifically Lost Legacy and Infinite Obliteration, are great sideboard cards and if i'm playing a black deck i usually do include them yeah so i think that's a big strength that we were saying let's say a definite strength of black is its sideboard cards we were talking about the discard we were talking about the life gaining with gifted aetherborn or kalidus we've got these hand removal things like infinite obliteration we also have some real uh specialized things like you have listed here uh, on our notes here you have virulent plague i think that's something kind of special in black that no one else does I would also fit a Tainted Remedy maybe in that same category of if maybe you need it, it's an option. But yeah, I'd say that a Strength of Black is its sideboard cards. Definitely. Do you guys want to move on to to what you think some weaknesses are and some things you'd like to see added to Black in the future? Yeah, Uh, yeah, I I definitely want to talk about that. Um, So one thing that like really hits me as like a hole in black right now is something powerful to do on turn three. That's not named Liliana, the last hope. Hmm. Um, And like that can be double spelling, you know, like you can save that for two removal spells or that can be where you're filling in with your second color. But I think that 
Something that I really want is to see what the gold standard could be for the black three drop, because like for a lot of other colors, like I, I, in my opinion, this is something that can be like definitive for that color, right? Like tireless trackers, just such an incredible three drop. And so is Thalia. Um, and then like there, there are a lot of really excellent multicolor three drops, mm-hmm. but like, I want to see what constitutes in the, in the frontier world, like what is a playable black three drop? What's a rare black three drop look like? There is Ruin Raider, which hasn't seen much play, but I think if the right shell was there, it could possibly see play. Yeah, I think that's a possibility as well. So maybe like in a red black aggressive deck or a black white aggressive deck, you think that deck's, that that card is playable? I think it's playable. It's not great. I don't think it's great either. Yeah, the yeah. the raid trigger is just really. I I find raid hard to turn on. So the one he's talking about here is the pirate from Exelon, the three two for three that at the beginning of the end step, if you attack a creature this turn, you can draw a card. So that actually segues well into what I thought was one of the weaknesses right now compared to what I traditionally think of for black, is that all of the Dark Confidant variants are just not good enough. Mm-hmm. There's Ruin Raider, there's Asylum Visitor, there's the Energy One, um, what is his name, Aether Poisoner, I believe? Aether Poisoner. You're really, yeah. I've never <laughs> heard of it. Uh, there's the 2-4 the Flying, that's a 4-drop in the new set. You know, they've, they've tried to have a lot of these variants, and just none of them have really made it there for me. So we need Bob. That's what I'm saying. So we need Bob in black. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would love to see a Dark Confidant reprint. Have you seen how much that card costs right oh, now? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all this kind of goes hand in hand with what I think the biggest weakness in black is, personally, and that it's too narrow, and that it's stuck in mid-range mm-hmm. or control in Frontier. Yes. Uh, there's almost no early game to black. Where if you look at it, like in modern, for example, they have the one mana discard spells, they have Bob, and they have uh, the. Well, I guess we have Fatal Push in black. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that there's like no early interaction, but that is the biggest weakness. There's Death Shadow in black in modern. Death Shadow and the the Delve creatures are basically one drops in modern. Right. Mm -hmm. That, That I think is something I had as well. Something that I miss in black from other formats and we don't have in frontier is the suicide black. We don't have cards like sarcophage, like carnomancy or what is it? Uh, sarcomancy and carnophage. I mix those up. Uh, you know, those really aggressive black creatures that use your life total as a resource. We don't really see that as much in black and it's something that I think is missing out. So I would love to see some really aggressive early drops for black that pay off for being, Hey, I'm just going to, take five life and play a five five for three or something like that yeah yeah i think that there's a spot for that for sure especially considering that like black has started to get a lot of options for gaining life like mm-hmm. you can back that up with a gifted etherborn you can back that up with Vraska's contempt um yeah it's it's not like it would be so overpowered that no one could beat it but it would have a place it would have a home yeah definitely all right, guys, is there anything else you are hoping to see from black or you think is a big weakness in black right now that either is something that should be weak in black because of the color pie or just it doesn't have the cards for it? Otherwise, I kind of want to move on to what we usually end with, which is our top five cards in black. Yeah, so I feel like Wizards feels really guilty about the Thoughtseize reprint <laughs> that they did most recently. So they're keeping it, uh, they're keeping it real on black otherwise? 
I think they're trying to find what the sweet spot is for the next discard spell. And okay. so far, I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I think Inquisition of Kozilek is a card that'd be good to reprint. Obviously, it's very narrow on what you can print it in. Outside of like a corset, it's only in Zendikar. But, uh, yeah. well, even Zendikar is kind of done. But now, we do right? have a corset coming up. We do. So. The one I keep saying is I think there's a black, black. It's the thought, it's thought sees without the two life, but for one more mana. I think that just something like that, which is a little bit less narrow and would be main deckable, would be really cool to have in Frontier. I think, yeah, making it two mana, is, it feels so fair. It just yeah. feels fair. <laughs> like, it's not like you can double spell it on turn two, you know? Like, the the like modern games that really run back the feel beds against black mid-range decks are like, mm-hmm. turn one, Thoughtseize. Turn two, Thoughtseize Inquisition. Hey, uh, you've got three lands. Go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and, uh, like, yeah, so it, I think I think you can't, pull that off with a two mana spell very easily so it seems fair enough like they really almost got there with transgress yeah and they might have been there almost with lay bare the mind until they changed planeswalkers to being legendary which made that card just jank oh i didn't even think about that (laughs) i've never seen that come up before all right so for our top five i want to do something a little bit different i was going to go from our one to our five because i think that our one and maybe our two are going to be very similar, so no reason to save the suspense for the end if we're just going to be talking about Fatal Push as our number one card, and we've already discussed it quite a bit. Uh, my number one black card is uh, Fatal Push. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this might come as a surprise to you guys, actually, but also Fatal Push. That's my number one card. Ooh. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I didn't see it coming, Taylor. All right, let's see if two is any different. What did you guys have in number two here? Because I had Liliana, the last hope. Okay, well, I had Liliana, so. <laughs> okay, I actually did have a different one, not joking this time. <laughs> yes, is it Scrappy Scrounger? It's uh, actually Vraska's Contempt. Oh, wow. Okay. Nice. Okay, well, I guess that does make a make an archetype, so. Like, yeah, I thought that I since it's only that. really in the one archetype, I didn't have that on my list, but I think that is a great card. So the reason I had it high was because I feel like removal is just pretty bad overall in Frontier, and just those two cards specifically are really the only playable removal spells right now outside of Dramoka's Command, at least in my eyes. Hmm. Well, and hmm. the red removal? Yeah. Yeah, come on, Lightning Strike, man. <laughs> the, the second most played card in the whole format, probably. Right. <laughs> um, so you thought it was better than Murderous Cut on your list? I do not have Murder's Cut in my top five, but Murder's Cut is obviously a playable uh, removal spell that I just forgot about. Honorable mention, for sure. Okay. <laughs> I love I love Murder's Cut as a one-of in any black deck that isn't already really taxing its graveyard. Yeah, I agree mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's a great one-of. All right, so what did you have as your number three, Taylor? Why don't you lead us off for this one? Uh, I have Liliana as my number three. Okay. <laughs> nice. No big surprise there. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Grasp of Darkness. Oh, oh, okay, wow. so I, I didn't include any other removal in my top five. Maybe I was wrong oh. there, but <laughs> I had uh, I had Kalidus in that spot. Kalidus is great. Um, I mean, it's it's hard to disagree with him. I mean, he puts relevant cards in exile instead of the graveyard mm-hmm. and, like, builds an army by doing things that you already want to do in the decks that run him. So I can see it. Yeah, I might have included Scarab God if we were doing two-color, but no, I want Cletus. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, how about number... I, I saw start again, unless you want to... Why don't you lead us off on this one, Kevin? What did you have as your number four? 
Um, or did I, did I skip threes? I only said my own three. You guys don't matter. <laughs> no, uh, why don't you do three and then we'll go to fours? My number four is not going to surprise you guys, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's Vraska's Contempt. Ah, okay. Um, yeah. Mine uh, is Kalidus. Okay, and that's where I put Scrap Heap Scrounger, which, it, not technically black, but it, it's only really, you don't really want it in a deck that can't play any black mana. Mm-hmm. 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 Unless you have a strange other way to recur, like maybe you're a weird refurbished deck that grabs Scrap Heap Scrounger. Ooh, let's I don't not know. do that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's too janky for Finkel, then it's janky. I don't want to use a four mana sorcery to bring back a three two that can't block. I don't know, man. Seems powerful. <laughs> so it um, seems like there's very little overlap on all of our lists. Very little or a lot of overlap? Very little. Like, there might be in different areas. Er- I mean, yeah, a lot. I'm, I misspoke. There's a lot of overlap. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, what was your guys' number fives? I had Scratch Heap Scrounger. Okay. I made room for Languish there. I also put Languish. That's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> if it's obvious, the reason I think that someone runs black in Frontier and the reason why I like to run black in Frontier is because the removal is just so good. Uh. Yeah, and I think you made a great point that it does in a little bit put it into a shell that it's got to be this removal deck. It's got to be this kind of controly deck if you're black, a little bit mid-range maybe. But yeah, black is great. I love to see black. It's a fun color to play. And it has mm-hmm. a few holes that we can kind of fill in there. All right, guys, but... This is a fun episode. I'm kind of going to bring us to our wrap-up. Um, there are some things we know we want to talk about next week, which is going to be the Cockatrice meta. We mentioned that it just ended. We also had the X-Mage League online. If that just ended, if that's what you like to play online. Um, so we kind of got some exciting things there. We're going to take... We're, we're going to push um, the R in Booberg off for maybe a week or two. Although uh, we are back to these weekly casts now. So if you heard us last week, you'll hear us this week. You'll hear us next week as well. be pretty exciting. So something that, uh, and I feel like this is, isn't an inappropriate time to talk about this. Um, so something that Matt Murday brought up that is worth talking about, and especially with the recent ban and restricted announcement, mm-hmm. um, I think it's worth discussing what we think would be bannable in Frontier if mm-hmm. anyone ever stepped in and took that authority with the format. That's so. a great conversation, and one that we've kind of held off on in that there is no big authority in Frontier. Like, Haruyuya is really the champion. If they wanted to ban something, we'd probably go with them, but we've kind of held off. We wouldn't want to splinter the the base of people by saying, hey, this is bannable, this is bannable, this isn't bannable, etc. But I think it's a good discussion. I think that's something that we can make a whole topic out of in a week coming soon. Yeah, so that's definitely something that I really want to hit. Um, especially considering that in about a month, like we're going to be wanting to talk, wanting to talk about Dominaria. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's something I want to get to before the Dominaria talk. All right, guys. But, uh, if you have any things that you think might be banned, this is a perfect time to reach out to us at MTG Frontier, MTG underscore Frontier on Instagram. We've got Reddit, MTG Final Frontier. We also have a Discord that you can find there. And you guys can also tweet at me. I'm at Sky Burial on Twitter. And I'm at Lou Polbrook on Twitter. Perfect. All right, guys. uh, Anytime. We love to hear from you. But that's all for the show for tonight. As always, for everyone out there, we look forward to being your go-to source for frontier information online. Your final frontier signing off. (laughs) 